campus photo be on the vanilla bean. I am your hostess, Kay. And I'm great. And today we're going to talk about kink within the BDSM lifestyle. Now we spent the last few weeks talking about various relationship styles, but now even within those styles, you can explore various kinks and various fetishes that you personally want to enjoy. So as a recap of who we are, my name is Kay and I have been into the lifestyle um, practicing for 10 years, but in the lifestyle for 14, I am a dominatrix, a humiliatrix, I don't know, a whole lot of other things. And I agree, I've been in the lifestyle for five years, I've been practicing as a service hub for the last two years, and a daddy dog for the last year. I do, in fact, play mindful sensation. He does a lot of different things that people appreciate him for within our local community. As a warning, the following programming is intended for audiences 18 and up. Alright kids, that means you're not our targeted audience, so don't listen. Go away. Go far, far away! Until you turn 18 and then come to me. <laughs> so, again, in the last few episodes we've talked about various relationship styles. Now we want to deep dive or at least go into the vocabulary of Various kinks that you can explore within whatever styles of relationship you form. So first, let's talk about one of my favorites, pain. As you may know, <laughs> I am a sadist. You are? Uh, you all know my dirty little secret. I am a sadistic person. Um, a sadist is a person who derives joy from inflicting pain. So I would love to cause you pain in a safe, certain, and consensual way. My ideal partner would be a masochist. I think I know about that. He's a person who enjoys receiving Correct. The yin to my yang or the yang to my yin, vice versa. Now, how well do you feel with the state of masochism? I can play well with the sadomasochist so long as the masochist part is the one <laughs> it's the one that is present that day. Yeah. Actually talking to a sadomasochist recently, and a sadomasochist is someone who enjoys both giving pain and receiving pain. And talking to one recently, I found that it was kind of Scary and very exciting at the same time because they were getting so excited about um, coming up with ways for me to inflict pain on them. And then they were getting even more excited thinking about ways that they can do it to someone else. And like, it's kind of interesting that when the S type, the submissive type, I guess, within play dynamic it's coming up with things that makes them hurt more. They know it's going to be used against them, and yet they're coming up with these brilliant ideas, and then they're like, wait, why did I tell you that? I, um, my girlfriend, when she was acting more in indie lifestyle with me privately, she sent me a text one day and said, I think this stuff is all of you. And it was a wooden backtrack. She later came to regret that decision, but she enjoyed regret. So, funny moment here, or at least I find it funny, but maybe I'm corny. 
so I went into pain and I didn't really plan on going into sadism and masochism. Like, like but I didn't realize that that was actually my note that I was supposed to go into that. So <laughs> I went into it without reading my without reading my note. So now I just look down and I see that that's what I'm supposed to talk about, and it's like a light bulb face palm emoji. Exactly. Play is something that Senior Gray over there does a lot. A friend asked me to throw buckets of ice. Now, I'm like making these more complicated than they are. So, in addition to the buckets of ice, I also decided to surround her with hot water. Um, I also decided to put ice on her head uh, with a warm rag covering it and then the hot water and cold water alternating all around her. I love fucking with people based on And Gray is really good at it. Like, if you ever get a chance, I mean, some of you guys aren't, aren't local or anything, but if you are local to us and you know his name, you should go see him do some temperature play at our local club because the reactions are wonderful. They kind of make you want to jizz in your pants or something like that. At least that's what I was told. <laughs> so, if you're curious about what this looks like, I want you to think back about four or five years ago when they did the Ice Bucket Challenge. What I do is the Ice Bucket Challenge times three to five. Because Terms I'm about ten. <laughs> three me. Five buckets of ice while I am integrating impact play and other sensory play into the mix to create a holistic experience. So great, what is impact play? So impact play is any play that involves impact, whether you're talking about bare hands taking, whether you're talking about canes, paddles, loggers, twists, any of those implements when you're striking another person, that is impact play. Okay, and so like another thing we were that has to do with sensation is sensual play. Guys, I have a hard time talking sometimes too, so try to do my head, not to my heart. My heart totally wants to say it correctly. And so anything that has to do with your senses or oh we're gonna go into sensory actually. So yeah, so when I say sensual play. That's what I'm doing. Uh, I like contrast. So I want to contrast the, the rough with the smooth to create different experiences for the person that I'm talking in that moment. So even though, and this is going to be a light bulb moment for some of you guys, even though I am the dumbliest dumb out there and I'm a big bad wolf and all that stuff and whatever uh, attacks wolves, I'm that too. <laughs> You know, Kay will occasionally bottom for some sensual play. I like knives and the contrasting feelings of different things. I really like those Wardenburg wheels. Those make me very, very happy. Whether I'm using it or feeling it, those are just my happy song. And recently, 
during our, what is that game called? Sadistic Santa, I got one for Christmas, and that was a wonderful gift. I got one as well, and if you need one, they're like eight bucks on Amazon. Go get it. Go, 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 go. Uh, with sensual play, battle is things that would also turn sensory play. Now, when you think about sensory play, think about those five senses. So this is any play that talks about your sight, your hearing, your your taste, your touch, smell. These are opportunities to flood you with those experiences or deprive you. When we talk about sensory play, you have you have the the addition of that, that, that experience and those, those, that input, or take it all the way so you can focus on one or two. And that's fantastic. So think about blindfolds or hoods or um, Bluetooth headphones or something that I use to kind of put one certain sound in the S-type head. Um, and then... If I'm doing that, I like to know what songs are being played. So then I can beat to a pattern that is opposite of what is going on in their head. Which can really be kind of a fucked up thing to do, but yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> I hear that I want to do that because what I usually do in that play, I, I am the son of drummers and, and musicians, and so for me, I wind up getting into a rhythm, and I'm drumming on some of that. Um, and now I love the idea of how to program and drumming to a different rhythm that sounds fascinating. And so, like, another thing you can do is, you know, I mentioned blindfolds and everything, but another thing you can have part of the scene with being blindfolded or not having the sight or having to understand where your D-type is based off of just hearing or your touch or the feel, but then have them in a room where you can all of a sudden take that blindfold off and have extremely bright lights there. That's right. Play can be most effective or at least very when it's contrasted to have that contrast no sound and with all the sun, all of the sound, no sight and all of the sight. Where Peg was talking about uh, using Bluetooth headphones, my preference was CVS for the water that gets an earplug so you can take away the sound. So mm-hmm. that your your father, your your subsistence has to rely on other senses to get a sense of where you are. Or you slowly strip away their ability to find where you are. You already have the blindfold, then take away their hearing. Mm-hmm. And it's all about when you touch them, as you touch them, as you're walking around. And a lot of times that heightens the level of your play. Those things are taken away from you, and so you can normally sink into the scene more completely. But this is just meant to be an overview, so I'm really excited to come back and talk about this more in depth. So another fact is exhibitionism and embroidery. Now, exhibitionism is that desire to take off your clothes to be seen. The stereotype is the guy at a public park in a trench coat and nothing else. But what we prefer is we do find that safe space where it's welcome and consensual to all. 
He has had that environment clothing is optional and everything is everyone is agreeing to what's being seen. Same thing with voyeurism. Generally, like a place like a BDSM club or I'm not even sure what other places you can go to, it is acceptable for the most part to be a voyeur. Some people find find their um, enjoyment, satisfaction, just from watching and seeing other people go through uh, various phases of BDSM or even just from being involved, like being around other people who are into the same thing that they're into. And remember, these things are not specifically and exclusively into BDS. Since we are framing ourselves as kink in general also, you can just think of that a voyeurism can also be the act of watching or being as aware of just the no effects that happen. Uh, any, any situation where you're seeing what normally is not seen and you have that permission, that is consensual voyeurism. Word up. Hey, Gray, what is role play? Play is where you take on that role of someone. A lot of times, or something else. Or something else. A lot of times, this is a way to play with power dynamics. How popular role plays may be principal student or teacher student. And you may also role play master and uh, what are some other role plays that you know? Uh, nurse and doctor or nurse and patient. Even for some people, being into DS, dominant and submissive, is a role play in and of themselves. What, um, yeah. what do you think of role play? Um, what are some of the things you might do to access that role play? Well, if I was playing a pet, I would probably get like some little dog ears and maybe some assistance to go on your legs to knee pads knee pad so I can crawl around easier. And maybe a tail. I love this addition of clothing to help accentuate the role and to help access the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I've done right now since that uh, I've been talking with Live Every Girl about a more fully stepping into my daddy role. So one of the things we're doing is we're making little tweaks in my wardrobe. So now I'm wearing sweater vest or I'm wearing cardigans to help step more into that particular authority role. <laughs> Case looking because I'm wearing one right now, and I'm with her and not my sister. I'm just like, listen to my. Yeah, if y'all knew how he dressed normally, the cardigans, I can see that helping, but it's not so far fetched. Maybe I shouldn't say anything about this. I'm sorry, Gray. I'm sorry, baby girl of Gray, if you're listening. I'm going to be nice. Well, I'm going to try, actually. I was trying not to say nothing until he said something about me looking at him funny. It is a funny situation when you already dress formally, even when you're leisure time. Yes. So I understand her point. (laughs) It ain't the only one that thinks so. It's not just me, y'all. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Electricity. Gotta get you going, right? Absolutely. So as the owner of a violent wand, I can say with a, a bit of authority that it gets some people electric. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I don't have experience with the violent wand, but I have experience with a zapper. I have a zapper, too. And with an electric chair. 
can make you feel all kinds of different ways. Like Grace talking about the electric chair, which is a hit in general amongst people. Um, but it goes from being it can go from being unpleasant to something that's very pleasant. Like I've seen a girl like orgasm on the electric chair. And she was just like, no, no, one more second, one more second. And, you know, the saddest to me was like, uh, no, no, no more seconds. But since I didn't know it well, I had to be nice. But at least I thought it was nice to be nice. Uh, and, like, the violet wand has all these different kinds of attachments you can use. And the feelings are, like, so, so just, like, so different. So if you ever get a chance... Try one of those out, or try out the electric chair, or try out a TENS unit. This is a very inexpensive way to get into electricity play, and the zapper. The zapper is an expensive way to get into electric play as well, or the to zapper, as Gray calls it. <laughs> at this moment, we want to take a quick break and uh, help you access your local community. Hi, I'm Gray. And this is how you connect to your local BDSM community. First, create an account on FetLife. It is the Facebook for kinky people. Second, set your city and state to your actual city and state. Third, click that city within the places area of FetLife. Or attend lunches and events in your local area. This has been how, how you connect, connect with, with your local BDSM community. community. Yay! Yeah! And welcome back to Beyond the Vanilla Bean. So, another aspect of kink, another fetish or kink that you may have, is that for humiliation. Now, humiliation is that they're, maybe you're picking at someone's faults or the goals they have. And it, it's an aspect of them that's less than, and you're kind of digging into that. So this would be kind of a branch of psychological play. Hey, what do you think? I think that yes, you may be digging into something. Sometimes within humiliation play, it's not actually anything that's real though. Mm. So I've met guys that were into small penis humiliation, but this is normally abbreviated as SPH. And normally, you know, people think small penis is probably five inches or less. I'm thinking. But, you know, if your penis is seven inches, it's not small, you know. But I've met guys that were truly into that. And they wanted to be put down for it or be reminded or have things that were larger than them compare it to it so that it would seem small and be made fun for it. So though, some, though a lot of times it is something that is real, sometimes it's purely manufactured by your head. Very interesting. What can you know with humiliation? And we'll get to the next one that we're going to talk about, which is 
you're, if, if this is something you're in a long-term relationship with, a long-term dynamic, make sure there is that respect, you know, on board for, for the person you're playing with. Do not get into humiliation play or degradation play like at all. There is a very small line between humiliation, degradation, and abuse. Right. If this goes along with this infection, this becomes psychological. It is something that uh, can really mess your partner up. And it can For life. Yeah. Uh, so degradation. Uh, um, the way I would like to think about degradation is you're taking humiliation and when you're dying about to, this would be maybe a case where someone who is going to food plate, maybe they got, you know, syrup and all of this all over them. Maybe they're objectified to an extreme that maybe they're turned into a table, which is an example I've heard of. And it is it's dehumanizing to the person. I can agree with that. The way I see degradation, it's kinda of like Gray said, you know, Set up to about 11, I'd probably bump it up a couple more notches just because, for me personally, it, it seems to be like when I think about it, I'm thinking about humiliation. It's like something you may do with someone, and I mean, how do I say this? Both humiliation and degradation you do with someone that you care about, I would say. However, I feel like humiliation is more in a loving way. Um, Maybe not more detached, but like you're going down such a darker hole with degradation. Like, so uh, I guess I could give an example. With humiliation to me, uh, say I'm in a dynamic and I'm with this guy and he likes... To be treated as a pet. Or he likes to be treated as a dog. Let's go with a dog specifically. So if I was into humiliation, I would probably, you know, make him bark like a dog or and crawl around and maybe whine and beg for what he needs. But if I were in if we were going into a degradation scene, I would dive deeper. Like, I would not let him speak, period. We would not let him on any kind of furniture. I would probably correct his actions with a roll of newspaper or a bottle of water sprayed in his face. We would not be more than likely not eating human food. Or if it was human food, it would be very, well, it probably would be human food for me personally. But it would be very nasty, unappealing human food. And I would make sure that his hands were not able to be used in a human-like form. Neither would he be able to move from, like, hands and feet. I would probably take him outside to pee like a dog would. Like, I would be going more so into the mindset. And I'd be playing into the mindset deeper than if I were to just do humiliation. And I said just, but... It just is not a correct word, but if already humiliation versus degradation. It's not, when we say the word just, we're not trying to minimize the world, but we're defining the fact that there are different boundaries between the two forms of play. Yes, exactly. We'll go into this deeper. Uh, if you have any questions about this, though, shoot us a message at beyondthevanillabean at gmail.com. Excellent. Uh, the last one we're talking about is financial uh, BS. Okay, so what do we say about financial BS? 
Financial domination is meant to be a beautiful thing when used correctly. The problem is a lot of people are saying that they're fandoms and they're not. Like a lot of people are using fandomhood just to take money from people or to just... uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the right person to talk about this because I have some... Like I've seen some supposed fandoms, and they're really not fandoms. They're just people who don't go out and they won't go work. They won't go do things that they're supposed to do to be a normal, productive human being. And so that's where I feel like a lot of times fandom gets its gets its negative uh, connotation from. But there are people who practice fandom and I understand, I mean, who practice fandom and I understand how it can be a high because from a a submissive's perspective, they are doing without to make the dom's life easier. And that's kind of what submission is to begin with. You know, it's give and take. Sometimes you don't do or you don't get so that your dominant can or you do extra so that your dominant can, I don't want to say be happier, but get more enjoyment out of something. Maybe you're doing the dishes so that they can watch TV. You're, you know, it's just, yeah. it's also about the fact that two episodes in our team in the media, we found where there was more financial submission, more dominant because this person gave uh, credit cards to their partner. Yeah. So it's not always controlled necessarily by the by the person in the top role or the dominant role. Uh, sometimes it's still controlled by the person who is offering this form of submission. And it's not all about um, the sub giving money all the time to the dominant. Sometimes, like I've seen fandom relationships where the dumb was like the sub gave over control of the money to the dumb so that the dumb could help the sub use their money in a responsible way. Whereas the sub was not good with money management and the dumb helped the sub uh, set up a budget and made sure that the major bills were on, like the major bills were taken care of each month and that they could learn how to make sure their other bills were taken care of and just so that they could be more responsible financially. And that dom in particular never took any money from that sub at all. It was just like a way for the sub to learn how to manage their money. And honestly, I have a feeling that the true practitioners of financial DS, this is more what they have in mind. We, we speak, we spoke about the, the Twitter version of it where people are just online asking for money because when you hear the word financial DS or hidden job, sometimes this is what comes to mind. But really, uh, again, in, in, in line with what I always knew about DS of any time, the ultimate goal. Many times for me has been the respect and the growth of their partner. And so financial dominance would be someone who helps take control of those finances to make the living situation healthier for that partner. Again, it's grounded in that respect and caring for the person you're in this relationship with. And before we move from this topic, a common misconception 
is that femdom is all about male submissives and female dominance, but there are also male dominant and male submissive relationships and male dominance and female submissive relationships who are into fandom as well and i think a lot of times people just assume that you know oh that's a female dominant kind of thing it's something that you see more often but the reality is there's a lot of male dominance that are fandoms too Geek in the media. And I have one here. This was posted a few hours ago by the Latin Herald Leader, Kentucky woman who ran BDSM Playhouse um, Domination Business in a apartment. So she was sentenced to 15 years in jail. For what? Operating in She said she pled guilty to running the playhouse of domination. So I have a feeling what this is going to come down to is zoning and where you're operating. Who are our stuff? Now it's time for our segment on kink in the media. This segment is going to be about an article entitled A Quantum Physics Exploration for Polyamory, BDSM, and Queer People. Of course, of course, it was Gray that found this article on the quantum physics. Second time, sex to science. Why not? <laughs> so, this article is cool. Uh, quantum physics explanation for a BSM queer people was published five days ago at netsweb.com. And it talks about the fact that, you know, a lot of our ideas about sexuality and relationships come from our conditioning as children that predecessed long before our biological, um, you know, the hormones kick in to where we would begin exploring that. By the time they kick in, we already have our idea of how things are supposed to work. And then the reality is that it's a lot more complicated than that, even in nature. Um, you, you don't you don't check the genitals of the animals fucking in the forest because you don't know how how predominant homosexuality is in nature or how uh, what the influences are within trans movement and we're looking at wide ranging discussions that are changing how we see sexuality in relationships now. So now and in the past we've seen sex is sexuality is very binary. Yes, no, you're female or you're male, you like boys or you like girls, you are a CIS gendered male or female. And what we're coming to learn that science says it's a lot more complicated than that. We are complex uh, creatures and we have complex emotions. We have biological imperatives that are not always easily explained. And there is a wide spectrum of uh, sexuality, uh, of gender identity, and how these correlate. Uh, you have people who live, you know, truly high sex drives, you have people with truly low sex drives, you have people with uh, zero sex drives. And it is all placed on these interrelated spectrums that may be related to the idea of quantum physics. Where if you accept the idea of multiple universes and infinite identities, then you may have wildly different versions of yourself that exist 
on different areas of the identity spectrum. Say it, Greg. <laughs> Speaking truth to power right now. So the the basic idea of this article is we exist in one reality amid a plane, amid a, a network of infinite oh. possibilities. And so don't lock in to just one version of how things should be in your mind or how things should be in the way that you grew up and the way you were taught. We have a we are in the world of infinite possibility, so accept that possibility. And accept the idea that there are many different ways to connect to very infinite ways to love one. Ditto. Whatever Grace said. <laughs> and everything Grace said. Not whatever. Everything Grace said on this one instance. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this brings us to our close, so we want to thank our guest, Kay and Gray, for joining us here today. Yay, Alex! <laughs> and we want to invite you to come back. We're going to back very quickly to the dynamics, and we're going to hit that dynamic that we missed last time. We're going to talk about the dominance and submit, and so uh, check us back here at the Oh, <laughs> Time. I'm beyond the vanilla bean. Bye. Bye.